How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going good. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like I'm actually at the end of my sickness this time. Last time I'm like, I think I'm done. And it's uh -huh. like, haha, no, fucker. You sound a lot better this time. Yeah. I wasn't going to call you out on it, but you sounded like... <laughs> bad last time like a terrible <laughs> performance <laughs> you know i'm sick it seems like i like i'm just a constantly in a state of uh i just woke up mm -hmm. hey so yeah how's it going yeah <laughs> yeah one of those but no um work was dead quiet mm -hmm. uh went for a bit of a walk today temp was pretty nice oh yeah i i have some fucking bluetooth headphones now courtesy of friends demuch and mel nice and uh that's cool i only feel dumb when i tap my ears to skip to the next song uh -huh. yeah i cooked myself a full meal and actually had different food groups in the meal and then i've been drinking some toasted coconut seltzer Ooh, i don't good. know how they toast the seltzer but it does taste like coconut so hey yeah there might be uh there might be a separation of processes there I will say, though, I'm with you with the Bluetooth headphones um, or earbuds in particular. I use them when I'm, like, mowing the lawn. And a similar sensation. I'm, like, out here in shorts or whatever with my uh, my lawn mowing sneakers. And I'm just like, all right, next track. Taps ear like a maniac. Okay, got to pause. Taps ear like a maniac. Um, it's, it's kind of like how I perceive the people, like, the people who use Bluetooth headphones phones first like mm -hmm. for calls and things like that how like they how they looked that's how i think i look and i think that might be true so it's concerning but i mean there's definitely a bit of that i remember when what was it yesterday or the day before i went on like another short walk because again like i'm just getting over being sick i'm like let me just get some outside fresh air like mm -hmm. that's you know a recipe for health or something and then i was on the way back i'm like oh I'll call my mom, see how she's doing. And as I was coming back, I was still on the phone with my mom. Right. But it seems like I'm talking to myself to anybody who's there. And then, yes. like, my neighbor, like, held the door to, like, let me in. I was like, oh, thank you. They're like, oh, isn't the weather nice? I'm like, it, it is. I'm also on a call. Sorry. Um, uh -huh. So it was, like, a brief, awkward exchange because now I'm doing something else just because I have headphones in, you know? Yeah. And if you have that little exchange, the person on the other side, in this case, your mom's going to be like, oh, are you talking to what? someone? Or like, yes, exactly. Like, now you have to explain the whole thing. So I call and... my mom on video call. I'm like, this is my neighbor. This is what's happening. <laughs> yes. I just tape the phone to my chest. I'm like, here, POV. I'm running. I'm jogging through. <laughs> uh-huh. That reminds me of a, uh, it's a fairly, some of the pictures I think from the article are fairly um, well known on the internet, but it was like MIT... I think integrated computing uh, club or something like that. And basically what it was is like hacker man style eighties. Like I just strapped a Walkman to my chest, like a group of people. And it was glorious. Like obviously it would have been better if we carried down that route instead of going to Bluetooth headsets. But yeah, you know, you lose, you lose some along the way. Guy, the guy I, literally had like a power glove on and stuff. It's like oh, freaking great. Okay. Yeah. So a bunch of just wearable tech. Yes. Wearable tech when wearable was like in quotes and italicized. 
if you, you know, attached some Velcro to it and actually duct taped the Velcro to the device, yes, it was wearable. If you put it in a backpack and you reinforce the backpack, (laughs) then (laughs) it's possible. The extent I had was, I think it was a cassette player, but the only quote-unquote attachment they had for it was like a clip, and it's like, this has to go into your pants or Mm. a sturdy belt loop or pocket because it weighs three pounds. You're like, okay. Yeah. No. no, these guys had like uh, the 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 prototype uh, dual deck or whatever it's called for Yu-Gi-Oh of like a keyboard on the arm so they can like hit keys with the other with their left hand or whatever. Just brilliant, basically. I hate there's one part of me that's like so much of anime and like Japanese media. I'm like, I don't resonate with that. That seems like something I would feel uncomfortable showing to like a friend or my mom. But then yeah. I see like a dual disc from Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm like low-key is kind of badass like i would yeah, yeah i would love to like have that for a game of like magic just once mm-hmm. yeah unfortunately you spend your entire life on like a qwerty keyboard or something and you're not going to just be able to be like okay let me just quickly like pound out a, a snippet of code like just with my left hand real quick like no that doesn't make any sense but it, it's a cool idea at least it's an idea at least it's it's an idea yeah um but speaking of Japan, you brought it up with anime. And Dave's like, where is this going? You know what else they make in Japan? JRPGs. Which leads to Hooray. you falling into one of my <laughs> trap cards. Um, which is uh, from an interview that uh, I'm going to mess up is uh, Naoki Yoshida, uh, Final Fantasy creator. Um, he had with, I think it was Skill Up. Uh, at the time and um the interviewee or interviewer uh used the term jrpg it's just like oh talking about how like formative um mm-hmm. jrpgs are to the industry and all of that stuff and final fantasy to jrpgs and then like you can tell basically that it bothered um yoshida uh in the moment because he's like okay well like let's talk about this you know like kind of kind of paraphrased a little bit but apparently and i didn't know this you go back like 10 years a bit longer and the idea that uh, there was a completely separate name for the rpgs that people were making in japan was really non-inclusive and maybe belittling right and i didn't think about Uh, that i had never thought about that i could actually see that a little bit like if you go to visit china you wouldn't be like oh where can i get good chinese food and you're like you mean food asshole Mm -hmm. like yeah i can see that yeah but i mean to the american culture like we definitely i at least mentally categorize them differently between like this is an rpg versus this is a jrpg yes and now in my mind jr the jrpg part of it is a little derogatory as far as there are certain things in it that i see as like consistent tropes from like i'm not a big fan of these in my mm-hmm. games um but just like a, a style choice for like the game development no, nothing else so yeah i think one thing i wasn't thinking about for jrpgs in particular is like there's all these other kinds right there's arpg there's crpg for like classic rpg um and that's the way i think about it right it just describes the nature of the game it's not me being (laughs) like hey 
uh, Australians made this game, so it's an ARPG, right? I mean, when I initially heard JRPG, I thought it was something else entirely. Yeah. I'm oh. dealing a lot with the economy. <laughs> uh, right. Something about space lasers. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, in that context, it definitely seems offensive. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just like you hear a certain term like jerry rig. Yes. And you're yeah. like, ah, that's just the term for it. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the background of it, you're like, oh, it's a derogatory term for like German people. And you're like, oh, I would have never pieced that together. And that yes. was not my intention. It's just the right. nature of the language as it's taught to you yeah and it, it seems kind of funny because like you could almost it can be hard to explain your intent there too you're like no no i love jrpgs right it's just like no no it's it's i love japanese people <laughs> you're just different right it's like <laughs> no that's not that's not what we're trying to say it's um a classification of the type of game it's longer yeah. might involve more grinding um probably has bigger story and things going on like that never bite-sized i don't think there's such thing as a bite-sized jrpg because that no. just would not fit in the genre that would just be a different type of game so because if you could skip the cutscenes, maybe but yeah. you, you can't you can't ever do it yes by that note if it's if it's the long cutscenes that make it is mgs4 a jrpg that's the question MGS4 has nine hours of cutscene footage. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still remember, like, I watched the entirety of that on, like, a Saturday. Uh huh. And, like, when I stopped watching it, like, it, the, the sun was gone. I was like, I guess I'll have a meal and then go to. I, I didn't know what to do. It just that was your so day. much of my time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have never even played or seen it, but I've seen, like, clips of it. And I just remember a very long, drawn-out sequence of, uh, I think it was Snake fighting Ocelot as Liquid Snake or something, like, on top of uh, some machinery or something. And they're all, like, throwing punches slash hugging. I don't know. It was dramatic. Um, and pretty cool. So, uh, I just thought that was interesting. Um some other stuff in the news for uh for square enix um as you know uh forspoken big game very popular everyone loved it and then if you like invert all of those that's what reality was yeah. <laughs> right? that was kind of the problem except it was very expensive it was actually very expensive um kind of kicking them all the down i guess but the studio got closed um, good. Not too surprising. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I don't say good as far as like fuck the people who worked on it, uh-huh. but it very much fell under the hey, it's a triple A game, it's open world, and you see a bunch of these things, whether like how the dialogue's written and how like the gameplay's done, where it's like these people seem out of touch with what gamers and I, no, yeah, people soft G, pl- soft G gamers, yeah. consumers, how like how they're actually going to experience it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it just seems so way out of left field. Like, hey, what would four old white guys in a business meeting come up with? And you're like, right. this. Yeah. I haven't played it, so I couldn't, like, point by point critique it. But that's kind of the problem, right? I didn't play it. And the people who did play it, a lot of them didn't enjoy it. And so, yeah, they had a uh, they had a um, finance meeting or some point. It, w- it was probably the quarterly earnings report or what have you but they said that uh, reception was challenging which is a very diplomatic way to put it 
and as though you can overcome reception right it's like all right well people freaking hate our game but you know what that's just another mountain to climb (laughs) (laughs) um and then sales were lackluster which was not surprising so um it's i mean that combined with a lot of studios are already kind of like laying people off i know microsoft google some other people are headed in that direction you don't want to release a bad game or a game that's going to be like railed against critically right before right when the company's already looking at like hey how do we how do we do cost cutting (laughs) right that's uh it's a little rough yeah it's i think we're at a point I'm going to say in like a sweeping sense, not a specific sense where you can't necessarily just print out a game Mm -hmm. and have it be widely accepted unless it's something that's in that niche space where it doesn't fucking matter what you make. And this is always going to go to like, not necessarily railing on, but like a call of duty. Mm -hmm. Can you shoot in the game? Does it have multiplayer? Cool. You've hit your bases. You don't need to do fucking anything else for people to like it. Yeah pokemon i'm gonna say also in that category to a degree they Mm -hmm. definitely have been making changes in their game design um any of like the sports games like madden or like nba 2k like people just pretty much want the same thing but just like a slightly upgraded version of it whether it's we're updating the players or the pokemon or we've added some new guns for pokemon yes Um, naturally (laughs) Pikachu, use Gat. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu, use Thunderlord. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Uh, take Nazarek out in one phase. But yeah, if you um, have something that's kind of just a generic thing, and this kind of falls with Anthem as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's not a passionate thing, you're just like, okay, how does that differ? If you're a consumer and you're like, I see seven games that all kind of look the same. Yeah, which one am I going to check out if I'm just new to the space? Oh, mm-hmm. the one that everybody's fucking talking about mm-hmm. for open world. Oh, maybe I'll check out Elden Ring, or maybe I will do Horizon Zero Dawn and like fight robot dinosaurs. Right. Yeah, I think something a lot of these games, some of these games are, are missing. I shouldn't say a lot, but some of them are missing. Is like they put a lot of money and a lot of effort and a lot of production value. Like, there's nothing against the uh the artists or the developers or anything like that towards the game but like it doesn't have it doesn't meet this criteria i think we talked about a while ago which is just like is your game fun right like if you're doing a game jam the idea is just like throw a bunch of crap at the wall and then see what's interesting see what's fun embrace that throw out everything else and you can't do that if you're dropping like a hundred million dollars on a game right you're not like gonna spend like a million dollars on art assets and then be like we actually don't need that enemy right like we don't need this this type of enemy we don't need this level something like that you're in too deep yes right um so that's that's one thing i think the indie space is going to continue to excel in and triple a can only hit that if they're willing to experiment early and then make changes once people actually play the game so yeah Indie is like my my cooking style where like I like to if I'm going over to somebody's place I'm like hey can I cook and I don't know what the fuck you have until right. I open your cabinets and your fridge and I'm like are you using these heads for anything no okay right. yeah. Jesse <laughs> <laughs> but it's just nice to be like okay what is my limited scope of 
assets in this case or resources mm -hmm. and how can i make something work with that which right. is where indie really thrive because you're like hey we don't have a huge budget to do all of this so let's figure out the core parts first and then find either like a more inexpensive a way to do art assets or we'll do our own right if you're doing like a toby fox type thing yeah they they have that versatility um and unfortunately this studio i know that they also put some time into the engine itself and so this is kind of like a, a double failing in a way because the engine that went to um for spoken um also had all of these issues at launch like that's where a lot of those mixed reception came from and this is all pushed by senior leadership as far as i can tell or have heard so you know unfortunate for the people who um hopefully just get reorganized within the company but if they did lose their jobs that's unfortunate too but um there's a lot there's a lot a lot you can do to um join some of these other studios um my next piece of news is news is one of the studios maybe you don't want to join because it's also negative we'll get these out of the way then we'll talk about like a new dota hero or something um i didn't even know this game existed and i freaking love the developer platinum games made a game called babylon's fall which okay. came out for playstation and windows and i was like this sounds like it's kind of like a korean action game and i think it might be it's it, it's hard to tell um uh, they shut it down at the end of February with a, a patch on Steam. You know how you can see like the game release notes there when people mm -hmm. um, optionally include it there. And it was just like bullet point end of service. That was it. That was the entire oh. thing. Very sad. <laughs> right? It's just all of, all of your players are just like, hey, a new update. Something we can read about the game that we love. And they click it and it's just like, no. Um, it had been announced in advance, so it wasn't a surprise. And the other thing I wanted to mention is there were no players <laughs> that saw that message because when it launched on Steam, it had 1,200 players is what I read, which is basically that's, a guy uh, and his mom. <laughs> that's a, a small, like all participants of a community college play this game once. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, two months from then, and this is a live service game, by the way, so oof. But two months from then, there was one player concurrently playing in May. So I don't know. I just enjoy it. I figure, how about after work? <laughs> right. For two months. The only person in the world <laughs> still trying to make it work. Um, but to be fair, if you pick back up, they'd be talking so much shit. I kept oh this game gosh. alive. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the Platinum Games just flies them out, gives them an award or something. Um, that'd be freaking great. But yeah, I had never heard anything about that until yeah. just now. So I'm not sure if it was a miss on the marketing standpoint. It didn't review well either for, for the people that did review it. It was also panned. Um, I guess it just wasn't all that inspired and in, which is really unfortunate because this came development for this started right after near automata. So I was really hoping they and could we like... love Nier Automata, by the way. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like the way so... Platinum does combat animations. Mwah. Great, mm -hmm. but yeah, they took a right turn with this one into nowhere. So um, that one is gone. End of Babylon's fall. But I mentioned a Dota hero, and I feel like that's your news, not mine. So I'm going to shut up. Let you yeah! talk about a Dota hero. 
So recently, uh, with I believe uh, the last major, I haven't watched pro games in so long. I tangentially hear about it from my Dota Discord. But the new hero is Muerta. She is Spanish, if you couldn't tell from my pronunciation. Uh, but yeah, she is a. It'd be very funny <laughs> if she wasn't, right? Her name is just like Marta, Marta. and you're like Muerta. <laughs> Muerta. <laughs> Martha. Uh, <laughs> But it's the female Spanish for death, hmm. and she is a ghost-like ranged lady. She has two pistols, so she has a ranged auto attack. She has a skill shot, which a lot of characters or newer characters are having now, where essentially you kind of have to like click and aim something. So you kind of have to click off of a an enemy or a tree, and then you can line up a shot, which deals some bonus damage, and then also fears. Mm. So really skilled players will like shoot it behind you and then like push like in laning phase. They will push you into them. Right. And then like other people show up and you're like, oh, I'm in an even even worse spot now because right. you walked towards the enemy for two seconds. Yeah. She Normally had... Lich has to make you do that, right? Like those si so. those sinister gaze. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> there's an ability in the game called sinister gaze. Yes, the common joke is like, why do you? What do you have against the gaze? Uh -huh. um, G a z e. Yes, yes. To look upon something. Mm -hmm. She has a passive to uh, up at max level is fifty percent chance to deal her auto attack to another nearby target. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really see that coming up too much unless she's using her ult but right. real quick her w is she puts out like an aoe that lasts for 10 seconds it slows you in the middle and then it has four ghosts going around the outside around the outside around the outside if you touch one of the ghosts it will damage you and silence you <laughs> so you don't think it's that annoying until you try and pass through it and then you're trying to like not get hit by cc while also trying to avoid being shot and it's just it becomes very annoying very quick so I think right. she's actually kind of strong in that regard. Um, and her ult makes her into a ghost. And it changes all of her damage into magical damage. And she deals additional damage. So essentially you can't auto-attack her for like 6 or 7 seconds. And can, she can just wail on you. Or towers. And towers don't have magic defense. So it gets crazy quick. But oh, yeah. since she's dealing magic damage, you can just get a BKB... If any Dota people are listening, they're laughing at me because I never buy BKB because I think it's a dumb <laughs> item. Right. But that is one way that's really just countering her right now. Mm -hmm. Like, she can have some strong aspects, but if you become magic immune at any point, that makes... Turn off half her damage. It turns <laughs> off her damage pretty much entirely. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. I mean, she sounds like a very novel character concept. I, as soon as I hear about, like... <laughs> bouncing skill shots and things like that i kind of like is this a league character right it sounds it sounds more like an action character but the other abilities i i, I saw them um are very much not they they 100 percent fit into the dota space uh quick question what do you think her win rate is this is gonna we're gonna do a, a one question quiz <sighs> this is always this so hard month. to say because usually for like new heroes is everybody picks them but a lot of people mm -hmm. are bad but I feel like her kit's decent enough that people figure her out in about a week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give her the positive aspect. I'm going to say 60%, which is okay, so optimistic. That's very optimistic. Very optimistic. I think 60% is actually really, really high. Um, so she's at 46.6 right now on Dota buff, which puts her between Tiny and Shadow Demon. 
on the on the list the highest win rate in dota is 55.9 percent at specter so if she was 60 she would be like freaking launched into the sun i think that's, that's usually when they would just nerf things flat out <laughs> yeah we've removed the character just has now three abilities instead of four right we thought she that'd no be longer fair. uses a gun <laughs> <laughs> she's now a melee hero everything else yeah. is the same the same yeah um but yeah big uh big month for valve for sure because the other thing that was going on was we were getting these little leaks um throughout the month some of them as well i say leaks they're not really it's like someone filed a trademark that's not that's not a leak that's the law right so you know maybe don't read too much into it but it's definitely uh, a fair legal avenue to go down yeah Uh uh-huh but for counter-strike 2 and not that long ago um, i think a day or two prior to this recording it was officially announced um valve has a bunch of videos up for it um and the way it was announced is also very funny to me there was a counter-strike twitter account and it posted a tweet and that tweet said and i quote i'll just make sure i have the transcript ready here shuffling papers sound shuffling papers counter-strike 2 that was it that was their announcement i mean that's really all you have to do i feel to send a message because if you said, like, Half-Life 3, people would lose their goddamn minds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Depending which yeah. account it came from, I think. Right. <laughs> Elon Musk, Half-Life 3. Uh, <laughs> <just> like... <laughs> Gabe's like, no. <laughs> I've no, now no. canned the whole idea. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, another interesting aspect of this um, that I thought was particularly worth note is the way that they're releasing the game. So... It's very similar to what Overwatch did, but different in a couple key ways. <laughs> my eye, like, my eyebrows hit hit my fucking scalp. <laughs> yes. So it's being treated as an update to the existing game, which is what Overwatch did. So this is Counter-Strike Global Offensive becomes Counter-Strike 2. And it's also free, which is what Overwatch did um, for the base gameplay not all of the two content the difference valve has is there's no indication that anything that they add to the game at all as part of this update to counter-strike 2 is going to cost money and everything you have carries over so here's why it's good they can update it and make it better add some maps boost some graphics yada any change they make right they're supporting a game that's been popular and around for so fucking long and has such a diehard community and specifically gets all of its money from cosmetics. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times you've maybe been on like Twitch or YouTube and you're like, oh, we're going to have like a little bit of a thing where I unbox items to see what I got in Counter-Strike. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, I'm very outside of the space. I don't give two shits what color your AK is. Cards. Yeah. Well, hold on, now. hold on now. <laughs> yeah. These are shiny cardboard, and now I'm suddenly interested. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's very much like you. If you're into it, you're into it. But a lot of those things can go for a decent penny. Mm-hmm. So yeah. people will buy into it, uh, trying to get certain things, or just if you play a game long enough, you typically will want to invest in some style points. I've definitely got some Dota cosmetics over time. I've put some money into Destiny 2. Not mm-hmm. like a whole lot in either, but like it does happen over time. 
And even yeah. with Magic the Gathering Arena, I've definitely bought some packs, even though I can get some for free over time. Right. So, like, if they just do all of these updates, it's going to bring a lot of interest in general. The diehard mm -hmm. people are still going to go on. The whales are still going to be playing. Um, so I don't really think they need to charge for any specific content in the game and essentially disrupt the boat Yeah. to make their community upset. I feel like the money will just continue to flow. I agree. I think it's going to be... It's it's an interesting case study, right? Because Counter-Strike has a lot more goodwill than Overwatch does, particularly when you factor in the Overwatch 2, like, payment scheme, the fact they delayed the PvE component, other stuff like that. Whereas Valve is just like, no, we're just going to, like, hot drop this massive update. We're bringing the game pretty much into the modern age. Um, we're updating the graphics. They are changing some of the mechanics. There was a really cool physics-based smoke. So I don't play Counter-Strike, by the, by the way. Um, but there's a really cool physics-based smoke grenade where you, like, throw it and it'll fill a space. So they, like, threw it into, like, a kind of um, a tire shape. And it just, like, filled the whole, the whole circle of the tire shape. Um, if you shoot through it, it'll, like the bullets will actually poke holes in the smoke based Get off the like fuck air, out. air physics. Yeah. Um, if someone like throws a grenade, like a high explosive grenade, it'll like vaporize the smoke. So you can see through it and like, there's just all these cool interactions. And it's just like the community just loved it. Right. It removed none of the complexity of the game. It just added more. And it's just something both sides can play around. Right. So really cool. That actually is legitimately cool. Yeah, because smoke grenades as they exist today are very much like I can't see through this, and that's like the extent of it. Um, yeah. And that's fine, like it's, it's worked for years. But like the the idea of being able to, in the same way, why why I kind of enjoy Noita a little bit, it's mm -hmm. just that hey, we took this attention to detail on the physics of it for this interaction, so you can actually right. like shoot a bullet or let's say a shotgun blast obviously a decent discharge of a number of bullets all at once in a concentrated area for like a a cone of vision is mm -hmm. really cool i mean obviously oh, yeah. you wouldn't be shooting blind for the most part but like i mean people do in smoke though right it's just like oh i think someone's there and that was that's what it's going to change right if you're the first one to fire through smoke blind if you miss them they might see that where you were firing from so there's there's more more play um, which is good. More interactions are usually... They add complexity, as long as those interactions make sense and can make it more strategic. Also, so, I want to do a very brief shout-out to a Counter-Strike-related thing that happened recently. Okay. If you remember, a friend of the show, uh, Eric, mm -hmm. was actually doing some casting for uh, a Counter-Strike tournament. Yeah. Which is pretty cool to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he. I know that he he did some land casting in the past. Also, special guest of the show, Eric, uh, did some some casting in the past as like a fill. He kind of like stand in, or it was an interview, is what it was. Yes. It was an interview after a Counter Strike event, and it was just like this, you you've got all of the natural charisma. Just like grab the mic, just like just grab the mic from the guy, just push him back. You'll be fine. And um, anytime so. I have an event, I want like a drunk Eric to just come up and just either grab a mic, now that I'd have a mic at a party, or just uh -huh. like announce something, because it's just very much his thing. Like He can just start talking and get people on board. Mm -hmm. Like you said, a lot of charisma on that man. 
Oh, yeah. And speaking of Eric, actually, now that you brought him up, um, I have a retraction to make from our previous episode. Um, because I said in that episode that no one cares about Resident Evil 1. And then he reached out and was like, I care about Resident Evil 1. So, correction. We don't make these a lot, but correction on the podcast. One person cares about Resident Evil 1. So, you're welcome. Damn. <laughs> hey, actually, I'm going to write in, I have another friend who likes Resident Evil 1. <laughs> yes. This doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes we make corrections for our corrections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Other things that uh, aren't going on in news, clickbait title, um, we talk about Vampire Survivors a lot, and obviously, well, recently not as much, but for a while when it came out, a lot. It came up a lot more than the average indie game does. Like it, It's like probably second to like Undertale, just in a number of mentions. That is possibly like yeah. an, an indie game. Um, I'm discounting, I'm saying specifically into your game because Dark Souls cannot be included in this ranking at all, or it takes like the top 15 spots. Is Dark Souls not an indie game? (laughs) That's our next episode. (laughs) Arguments for and against Dark Souls being an indie game. Um, But uh, it's not currently planning, they're not currently planning on having a sequel of Vampire Survivors 2. With the rationale being stated by the developer, I Based, this is paraphrasing again I have no novel ideas to add to two and if I had an idea I would just add it to one so I'm not going to charge people for like another product why would I do that I'm not going to just remake the game <coughs> Blizzard take a fucking yeah. note uh huh yeah um, and I will say like again to their credit when I started playing Vampire Survivors it was engaging enough it had a variety of character classes and weapons. I'm like, oh, what cool combos can I do? And then they mm-hmm. kept adding stuff. And I'm like, okay. And then they added like some light game stuff. I was like, okay. I'm trying to do the uh, like the Vince McMahon meme where he uh-huh. just keeps like rolling oh, yeah, back yeah. in his chair even further. Yeah, um, yeah. But like they it's, kept adding such crazy mm-hmm. shit. And just the amount of love that went into that, it really shows. And I've... I was just pleasantly surprised each time I got to play like a new patch of changes. Uh-huh. I kind of get the impression, like, I don't know if this is actually the developer's mind. Probably not. If you're listening, reach out. We'll have an interview. Um, but, like, when Vampire Survivors came out initially in early access, there wasn't a crazy amount of content, but it was good base gameplay. And you're like, e- I mean, this is reasonable for, like, what was it, six bucks, eight bucks, something like that? Five-ish. Yeah. It was It was very, very little. And they're like, okay, yeah, I mean, for for this amount of content, sure. And then, like, they just went crazy. They added so much crap to it. And I wonder if the developer, like, looks at the finished product and, like, the month's worth of work and all of this stuff and is like, maybe this should be a $7 game, right? <laughs> <laughs> but to their credit, they didn't do that. So um, it's excellent. Still a, still a hefty recommendation from us. Um. Do you want to talk uh, you... about the Destiny 2 news? Sure. It wasn't enough that it took Hade 6 away from us. Hmm. But now Amanda Holiday? What the fuck? Oh my gosh. But no, actually, the uh, the voice <laughs> actor for Zavala, Lance Reddick. Reddick? Yeah. Uh, pass- I think it's Reddick. Reddick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He passed away in like the, the past week or so at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which sucks because he was really cool in everything that he was in. Uh, he was also in. Dear God, I'm blanking. John Wick. That's the one I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other stuff yeah. too. But it was just always really cool. Um, he also played Destiny 2. Yeah, as a warlock. Ah, never mind. I, <laughs> I take back everything I said. <laughs> but it seemed like he actually really seemed to give a shit about that and the community. Um, so when he passed, like a lot of people would go to uh, where he is in game on the tower, his uh, NPC. Mm-hmm. And people would just like kneel to like pay respect, which is really cool. And the one I really, game. the one I really liked was there was there was there was two that I saw. One was people who were using an emote to stand there with shields, and the other ones had swords, and like kind of just like honor guard basically. And the other one was the um, the kind of like green energy powering up emote thing, and they were all just like kneeling around him. It was. It's freaking great. It was. It's honestly like too joking to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, so he's he's the the last of the original fire team voice actors um, for Destiny. Um, so you know, un- unfortunate for sure. Obviously, um, not related to that Destiny fact at all. Mm-hmm. His actual passing takes precedent over all of this. Um, but he was. Uh, I heard that he was actually doing the legendary campaign for Lightfall, like the same day that he he actually passed. Um, and yeah, I guess he was just he he was running through it solo like a boss. Um, and I mean, not I'm not correlating any event in the campaign <laughs> to, the, to this man's passing, but um, it's just it's he was he was he clearly still had fun with the game um he's done clips voice recordings for people throughout the years where someone just makes like a bad r sounding copy pasta mm-hmm. and he's just like absolutely i'll read this for you why wouldn't i <laughs> um and this is and outside it. of um dear god what's the the video recording thing for celebrities uh like fiverr or are you talking about something else not fiverr I don't know what you mean for celebrities. I'm not familiar with that one, but this was just like Instagram or something. It was just someone sent him a request. Maybe it was Twitter. Someone sent him a request. Hey, could you say this? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Cameo. Um, ah, okay. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Um, and then his, uh, his wife um, did release a message and... There was a lot of heartfelt and uh, heartfelt stuff there, but it was it was pretty brief. And she thanked the Destiny community actually, um, which was crazy because he's known for movies like Hollywood movies, like The Wire and I think The Fringe and John Wick, like you men- mentioned. And like, it's just crazy, right? Well, I think the difference there is like video game communities, like they go in deep. I don't know if you've just seen our Destiny Discord, which I refuse. I have muted for a reason. Because people <laughs> yeah. don't shut the fuck up in there. They're always talking about, like, things in game or, like, plot or, like, right. build crap. This person died. Yeah. <laughs> it's always All something. Right. It's, uh... <laughs> but, yeah, like, people are very dedicated to stuff in that game. And, like, they follow it. Um, mm-hmm. And anybody who's, like, a voice actor, like, they don't owe shit to the community at all like they had a job and then they did that job and they're effectively done 
right mm-hmm. but like the people who still give a shit and like show up for like fan appearances like conventions and just interact with the community in that way really means a lot to those people in the community and like they want to pay it back to some degree um yeah so yeah it, it was a, a good relationship that was had there i think so yeah um yeah and i I mean, it doesn't matter at all in the the scheme of real life and real people and all of those relationships. I am curious what Destiny's planning on doing because Zavala is still a fairly big character in the story, and my gosh, they cannot replace Lance. Um, like it just would not be received, <laughs> especially after how obvious the outpouring was at his passing. Like yeah. it wouldn't be the right thing to do. So we'll see, we'll see there. But it would be again. funny if they replaced him with uh, why am I blanking on names today LeVar Burton Oh, yes. but that's solely from a, an Eric Andre joke uh huh where they both went on at different times right uh, I forget if LeVar was on he did he did I he saw did? it actually okay. he did yeah yeah so uh, Lance went on and was like I want to be LeVar Burton mm-hmm. and said a bunch of stuff like I can't say as a white man, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um, it was just an excellent scene. He had like a Star Trek um, communicator on his chest, his bare chest, by the way, and he was ripped. Um, I think he was sixty plus when he when he passed, um, and he was he's still very athletic. Um, and later, Levar came came in came in and was like, "I want to be Lance Reddick," and it was so good, just complete the loop. Um. Yeah. I have no easy transition off that topic. Nah. So instead, I want to talk about Starfield. We know two things of information now from the last time we informed you guys, because we know you only get news from us, and we only get our news from other news sources on the internet. Uh, Starfield has a release date. That's in September. And according to the Australian Ratings Board, the game does not have sex. How does that make you feel? lonelier than normal <laughs> Starfield was going to be my out <laughs> yeah apparently not you got to stay you got to stay with Mass Effect for that as I've said before like I like sex in games where it's like a booby based game like if mm, that's what okay. I'm going there for cool by all means have it but I don't like sex or romance like shoehorned into something where it's not needed because it just feels very shallow gotcha that's fair yeah i don't think i necessarily trust bethesda right now to make character relationships that are deep enough that it would be anything but this is just fan servicey moment whatever like bioware they actually could cut they pulled it off i think with their games that had sex like um dragon age mass effect things like that you could feel like your character is developing a bond with another character over a period of time that makes more sense to me yeah with with bethesda it's like i just gave this guy a rocket launcher of course we're up for a fun time right like <laughs> it's, it's not the same rocket team. launcher is not a not a projectile a missile jacob it's actually a term it's a slang term for a sexual ah, maneuver okay. right i'll have to check that on urban dictionary later um but uh, i'm still looking forward to this i think earlier in this year i made the prediction it would be pushed back we'll see if i'm correct or not um september is 
it's it's not, it's one of those border months where it's like eh, maybe we could push it back to Q1, right? So we'll see, but uh, it's more likely to come out now that there's actually a release date. So, um, in other news, there was a uh, leak of Stalker Two. Um, the developers for that game are G- GSC Game World, which is I'm going to be honest, a bad name for a game developer. Uh, but they were apparently hit by Russian hackers, and they asked the public to ignore the leaks. They're like, hey, we're not going to do anything about this. We're not going to pay anybody money. So just don't look at them. <laughs> <laughs> I used the same um, tactics with my nudes a couple of years back. Um, <laughs> right. But, I mean, in the same way that when this happened with GTA 6, as far yeah. as leaks coming out, if something's in development obviously like there are going to be huge changes between a development stage game versus a mm-hmm. final product game so if you do see it do not judge it based on something that is in progress right don't look at my dry pasta that's in a box and be like your burrito is going to be shit i know it <laughs> right uh, i don't know what burrito is burrito is a brand of pasta which i probably should have started with and said your pasta's gonna be shit that's made it more generic that would have that would have dumbed it down to my level so i could understand it Um, dekeko is dekeko lando i I, none of these words are craft craft oh okay Okay, all right there you go mac and cheese gotcha now i'm back um speaking of now i'm back i'm all i'm working my way through my list i know that my list of topics and dave's list of topics are like of different sizes so i'm just like it's just stealing stuff from dave and then sometimes passing it back um redfall another game i'm excited for the vampire multi-person kind of hero shooter uh looked vaguely left for dead-esque but more vertical and made by arcane which is one of the developers i circle jerk about um is or was uh criticism what was that arcane arcane yeah Wait, is that a question? Well, you I thought you were fishing around for the developer name. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I said Arcane. But then I kind of like lost my train of thought because I was like, I was had too much lead up and I was just like, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay. so they had some criticism because the game was going to be always online, including if you want to just play it solo, right? You're just like load up, do whatever. And we don't like this. Um, more games have done it. I feel like Assassin's Creed was one of the ones that pushed it a lot more with ubisoft nonsense but like um they the developers came out or i guess maybe it was the creative developer uh, creative lead i'm not sure um, but someone who's leading up a production there was like hey i'm not going to promise anything but we want to remove that requirement we get that that's a big deal it sucks for people who don't have constant internet access things like that so we're going to try to remove it and i just wanted to say good on them for for that and hopefully they accomplish that at which point that will be a successful preliminary and fulfilled good on them check mark um because i don't want games to needlessly have to be online yeah that's fine for me but it sucks for others feels weird like if i'm doing elden ring stuff like i I know there is like a it will default like connect to something for like you can have invaders and other stuff so like there is that online component to it in the background but i don't ever think it should be mandatory for a game like that if single player is an option right Mm -hmm. yeah 
and you don't know how long the multiplayer servers are going to last, right? Like one thing that sucks with these games that are always online is the servers go down one day and the single player game dies, right? Unless it was literally cracked at some point. Mm-hmm. In which case, like, okay, well, now you have to go in this legal gray zone in order to play the game that you bought. No. Just make it so online requires multiplayer because no one's expecting you to get rid of that requirement. <laughs> and single player does not. What if it was the inverse? Hey, if you want to do single player, you got to be connected. If you want to do multiplayer, <laughs> multiplayer. you got to land that shit up. <laughs> yeah, right. Invite your friends over. <laughs> get the internets out. Buy a controller. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's silly. Um, I've got two pieces of news left, and one of them is a little bit more dramatic, so I want to save that if uh, if you have anything else you want to cover, Dave. Dramatic's the wrong word, but i got to build hype. So I did want to make a mention for a game that did come out in March. At some point in March, I'm not going to look for the specific date, but Wolong Fallen Dynasty, hmm. made by Team Ninja, same people who did Neo. And if you remember back in the day, Ninja Gaiden, which was a game. Yeah. I've never been. Very difficult. I've never been a fan of how their games control. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not big into Neo very much. It was a a huge jump from what I was used to with Dark Souls. Um, It is much more difficult, at least for me and everybody who I've watched play it ever. Um, Some of the concepts are in there are kind of interesting. I've seen some mixed reviews on it so far, but if it seems like it might be something that's up your alley, by all means, check it out. Some trailers and whatnot, or watch a a reviewer or critic that you respect their opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is going to be another Souls-like, but it does differ from Neo. But I can't give you the specifics on what exactly that is, because I've spent such little time in Neo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm I'm there with you. Dark Souls hits the level of difficulty that I'm comfortable with and games that want you to be more like action oriented instead of just like learn a move set. Um like very few things in Dark Souls are like this is a reflex check. Instead it's like the opponent started to do this thing or the opponent always does this thing and once you've learned that you actually are at a massive advantage for the boss fight, right? Mm-hmm. It's the unknown. It's the lack of knowledge that makes Dark Souls dangerous. But there are other games out there that are just like, hey, there was, there was a, just a glint, a flash on the screen real quick, and you missed that, so you're freaking dead, and that's on you, right? And I'm a little bit less about that. I will say I did watch part of a review, and one of the mechanics that did stick in my brain is basically you don't have a stamina bar, so you can just do your okay. attacks and abilities freely but as long as you are in like a positive stance where basically things are going well it doesn't cost you anything but if you start taking like hits if you're not parrying things if you essentially get put into disadvantage you have mm-hmm. to actively play more de- play more defensively until you can get your stance back up hi so essentially rewards good active gameplay but if you're getting slapped around a lot um you can't just immediately go back on the offensive for free right that's interesting that seems kind of like a expansion of like i know guilty gear has the positive bonus and like negative penalty maybe it's just the positive bonus but the idea is if you're hitting the opponent if you're pushing them back if you're the one walling Mm -hmm. them like 
you're just going to build energy faster. You're going to build your meters faster um, because the game wants you to be aggressive. Because it's boring when people are not aggressive in a fighting game. <laughs> and it also really sucks if you're kicking somebody's ass and then, oh, they got their combat mechanic. Looking at you, Mortal Kombat X, XL, and 11. Oh. Where it's like, oh, I've now hit this one thing. Let me just hit my... I won't say get out of jail free card, but it's like playing it's like against Terry Bogart in Smash. It's you're giving them a comeback mechanic when they don't really right. deserve it. Like mm -hmm. it's fine if it's there to a degree. Um, but yeah, it feels better to reward somebody for playing the game well. I think. Right. That sounds fair. I immediately think of Sekiro when you describe that, right? And, like, the amount of time it took me to beat a boss versus the efficient time to beat a boss when someone's, like, they buff their blade as they're walking in and they're like, all right, I'm going to parry three times and then I'm just going to kill the guy. <laughs> and you're like, this is an hour-long encounter. What are you talking? And then they just do it. And you're like, all right, I don't know how to play the game. Um, very tempo-based game. And it didn't have those mechanics necessarily. Well, it kind of did with the stature, the... But um, it was effectively a stamina bar. bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, Sekiro. Great game. Not the one you're talking about. It's um, real, for real. I hope I hope the best for, for Team Ninja, though. Um, they've been around for a long time. Old, oldie but a goodie. To my throwaway piece of news... System Shock is a game we talked about a couple times. They were going to have a release, I believe, this month. That got pushed back to May. Not a great sign. It was pretty close to, like, an immediate launch. Um, I don't know when these talks happened, but they were also bought by Atari. <laughs> and those two things happening in the same month are weird to me, right? You're not like, okay, these people failed to deliver. Buy them for $10 million. <laughs> um, but that's what happened. So... That, yeah, I guess very good. weird. Maybe yeah. they're like, hey, they're doing retro. We're Atari. Fuck it. Mm. I think that was it, yeah. That was actually listed in the, the, the briefing, the, the PR <laughs> message. was just like, they're making the remaking retro games. We are retro games. Welcome aboard. Yeah, yeah good good on uh, Night Dive for, for getting bought out. Hopefully that provides them ample resources to finish this product and move on to more cool things. And hopefully yeah, this doesn't they're, suck. Hopefully that doesn't suck ass because the demo we mm -hmm. played, I don't remember how long ago, was, uh, whew. it had a ways to go. Had a ways it to absolutely go. absolutely did. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm waiting on reviews for that one. I played System Shock 2. I don't know if I played System Shock 1. I can't recall. But um, it is the progenitor of uh, Immersive Sims and Bioshock and all of those other cool games and it would be awesome if there was a great iteration of that game to play that didn't require you to rebind um, like controls for looking around uh, to your mouse <laughs> when you install it so uh, yeah hope a, a lot of hope and we'll, we'll see what else for this one yeah have you anything been, else you have have you been looking to play an action platformer again no okay never mind wait uh unless it's hollow knight no 
Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> you can tell me on the game anyways. I was going to say, Have a Nice Death uh, had its 1.0 release, I think, yesterday or two days ago at time of recording. Mm. Uh, I don't know too, too much about it outside of watching some trailers. I know a friend and guest of the show, Ian, has played it at an earlier mm. stage. And friend of the show and guest of the show, Mike, actually linked this to me and brought it onto my radar uh, yesterday nice. or, or day before that. Uh, but it is a roguelike action platformer. Uh, I guess a go-to might be... I'm just roughing it on names today. I'm thinking like Dead Cells? Dead Cells, or... yeah. Okay, yeah. Definitely a different style than Dead Cells. But mm-hmm. Dead Cells is also going to have its Castlevania patch coming out soon. Which is literally Castlevania, right? Like, the, the rights and everything. They're like, yeah, call oh, yeah. it the Castlevania patch, yeah. It's crazy. That game has added so much content since I last played it, so I should probably go back at a point and take a peek. It's basically Fall Guys at this point. <laughs> everybody, everybody gets it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, if you're looking for another roguelike action platformer, I'd say check that out. They got some trailers on Steam. The theming of it's very nice, I will at least say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. Um... I don't know if I own Dead Cells or if I <laughs> just watch someone play it, but you just um, have a vague memory. It's been years since I engaged with the product, so I'm not sure. Um, and my Steam library, it's impossible to look through. I don't know what's there and what's not. I need like a I need a filter bar. I need a bar up there at the top where I can type in the name of a game and it'll go directly. This literally exists. Is, is the joke, but. Um, no, it's really cool, and there are a lot of roguelikes out there, but I think the world can always use more good roguelikes, so. Yeah. There's a, a time and a place where I'm like, this is my jam. I burned so much time in Hades, because holy fuck. It's just a godlike I mean, roguelike, the top of the I don't know. It's, it's the best one. Yeah. It, it, it really yeah. is so freaking good you, you can't you can't compare other games to hades i will probably like play another roguelike before hades 2 comes out but mm-hmm. man it's good oh my gosh it's good jake did you I'm, I'm hearing some coughing on your end have you been smoking the reefor reefor that's definitely a that's definitely a transition to another topic Re- oh resident evil 4 yeah. okay gotcha <laughs> took me a second um no (laughs) okay but it looks really good and i think this one got amazing reviews yeah i think it officially comes out tomorrow yeah so it'll be march 24th is its release date um but obviously like streamers or people who have like early copies to kind of promote the game uh, have Mm -hmm. that i've already seen some like uh footage on youtube of like playthroughs and i'm definitely gonna watch that because it is an entertaining as fuck game to watch. I'm yeah. sure it's also a really fun game to play, uh, but I am definitely no Resident Evil expert by any means. Mm-hmm. And they also have a cute little multi-episode anime intro. Oh. Did you see? It got linked I, on Discord. I, oh, I had. But they seen have these like now. little promotional videos that look like like a children's anime. Okay. Which is ironic huh. because Resident Evil is not for kids at all yeah but the way they do it is just really cute so i'm gonna say after this after we record you should probably check those out 
yeah for sure or anybody else oh, could if really you just cool. uh look for it on youtube but it looks really good and i think this one will be oh, the yep. best received remake probably yeah or at least the mm -hmm. most scrutinized because re4 was i think the biggest one for people where they really leaned into the ham yeah there was um the only thing i really know about this i saw some gameplay and um some reviews and the reviews are are are, are very very good like uh there's basically so what i heard was that it is the definitive version of resident evil like for resident evil 4 so like there is there's no no reason to go back to the other one it's very much um we get this after the dead space remake right similar type of situation where it's like first one was freaking great and resident evil 4 is a lot of people's favorite in the series um but this is apparently so good they're just like it doesn't matter like uninstall like smash your old copy it doesn't matter if it's a collector's edition just freaking play this and uh it got a lot of 10s ign gave it a 10 GameSpot uh gave it a 10 has a mighty mighty on open cricket <laughs> cricket open critic um and 97 percent of critics recommend it so like yeah it has a lot of perfect scores so seems good yeah i'm expecting to hear some good things about it in the near future from people yeah all right so we split our recording in two so i don't know what our time is really at this point i think it's it's a little over an hour probably at this point who's to say intro outro but i have a last topic hit me what you got that last that last topic is diablo 4 all right i'll see you next week <laughs> so to catch people up who aren't paying attention to diablo 4 at all they had an open beta weekend or i don't know if it's open but a beta weekend where i think the two ways you could get into it is either you bought you pre-ordered diablo 4 which is one way to get in or you bought a double down from kfc <laughs> and i've heard this to, to to this day i don't know if this is a joke apparently not though um those are both bad life decisions i think but uh <laughs> maybe the, the double down's cheaper at the very least right i don't know um but we got a lot of impressions uh the game was uh the area that was unlocked was available to play be played around in play people played around in dungeon and multiplayer they got could get up to level 25 um and this combined with some of my other research around Diablo 4, I'm starting to actually get excited for it, which is scary to me. But, like, they've made some really cool things. I'm going to tell you, I'm getting head shakes from Dave. You guys can't see the head shakes, but... Um, you're, you're a blizzard boy at heart. That's why I'm shaking my head. I knew you were going to come I around mean, on Diablo 4. You're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, he's going to play it 100%. Well, so here here are the things. Here are the things that I've, I've liked about it so far. Is like, it's not Diablo Immortal. They haven't shown, hey, this is going to be how we're going to absolutely screw up the monetization schema and scheme, and it's going to be something where you have to sacrifice part of your soul to play the game, right? Um, and they've improved a lot of things. Like, they did some animation comparisons between, like, Diablo 3 and 4, and they showed the hitboxes. And one of the things, this sounds really stupid and specific, but, like, they had a barbarian doing, like, a whirlwind spin... And the hitbox actually moved with the spin across like the entire duration of it rather than just flashing deal damage don't deal damage like in a circle 
And so as he was swinging, he was like knocking guys away while the weapon passed through them. And it just looks so cool. And this is what people are saying is like, it's slower than Diablo 3. It's more the pace of Diablo 2. And that's the thing that kept coming back. So like, um, there was a whole thread on Reddit and people were posting their experiences and comments on it. And they were like, okay, it's back to its old form. It feels like a sequel to Diablo 2. Other things like that. And, like, this is exactly what I want to hear, right? Like, completely divorce it from 3. 3 was a completely separate thing. It was fun in its own right, but it was not that core Diablo experience, right? Um, And, yeah. If you can open that up to that many people and have almost all of them agree, like, this is what Diablo is I don't know it's impossible not to get a little bit excited about that I think maybe I'm just a curmudgeon person at this point I say maybe like giving me the odd like maybe I'm not <laughs> I definitely uh-huh. am while I was definitely while am. I was monologuing there Dave kicked an orphan out of, out of his house uh, broken in to find bread so. <laughs> <laughs> my security bad <laughs> apparently very bad um, maybe I can give it like a, another Passover Ha <laughs> <laughs> Got my juice trick out of there. Um, at some point, which that's actually coming up, by the way. Hey, everybody. Hmm. Jewish Jewish holidays. Um, yeah, I haven't watched it really since their initial trailer where they had, like, here's the announcement trailer, here's the horseback, here's yeah. um, an ice sorceress and some other things. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a glimpse of, hey, we're allowing some people to play it for a little bit. Right. I'm still not from that small bit of information uh, not on a board and I really don't want to give Blizzard mm-hmm. money um, at That's this fair. point but maybe maybe in a month or so my opinions might change yeah I mean you have you have plenty of time to decide it's not out until June and I'm not trying to convince anyone who has a reason to not buy Blizzard games to buy Blizzard games right like Dave's correct from a certain perspective I am a fanboy for particular IPs other ones I don't care about. I care not for Warcraft at all. I freaking love Starcraft. And, like, I really hope that there's another Starcraft game. Um, Diablo, I'm, I put a little bit lower than Starcraft, personally, because I didn't spend a ton of time with the early series. But, like, I mean, it's higher than Overwatch for me now. And Overwatch was big for a long time. If they had so, a StarCraft version of Hearthstone, I would never see you again, Jacob. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that game would be, but maybe not. If they managed to make it actual gameplay. If they just and put the StarCraft Blizzard characters play. into Hearthstone, I wouldn't mm, see okay. you again. No. Yeah. The last times I did play Hearthstone, it was not... I didn't spend any money on it. I didn't even fight people, play against people or whatever. I just did, like, the single-player content, which is pretty good in that game, but... Um, there's other games that you know probably do it better but yeah I'm going to personally I'm going to keep an eye on Diablo 4 I'm not you know asking anybody to go out there and pre-order it goodness no and I'm not going to pre-order it myself at least until I'm very confident that it's exactly what I want but there's no reason to pre-order games at all anymore right I could buy it when it launches after reviews come out and after I know that the servers are accessible and go from there um, if that's where it ends up the last temporary note that I had for Diablo 4 and then I'm done with all my all my talkie points is that 
um, similar to I think it was Lost Ark. Um, <laughs> some of the the late generation graphics cards were having a tough time Ooh. with Diablo Four, um, in particular thirty eight eighties. Uh, people were reporting that their systems were restarting and that they would hear fans spinning up and some people reported that their graphics cards died that's not supposed to be possible like you can't really honestly blame that on Diablo um, but that is a driver's issue that needs to be fixed <laughs> so I'm glad there's another three months uh, thank you people who tanked the front line with your graphics cards <laughs> that cost thousand plus dollars um, your sacrifice will be remembered but not really I just I want so many things to be optimized for lower gen because like I upgraded within like the past two years after mm -hmm. such a long window of time and I feel a lot of right. people are in that situation as well where they're like I like playing games I don't need to be like have the best graphics because a lot of games that you play are not going to be that demanding I mean it's worth noticing noting like so those were high end cards that are struggling but I think that's the driver's issue I look up the minimum requirements for Diablo 4 and they're they're very conservative it's like an Intel Core i5 2500 Windows 10 8 gigs of RAM a GTX 60 uh, 6600 no 660 <laughs> which is very very old um they are recommending an ssd but i mean you should put you should put games on an ssd if they're gonna have have loading at this point i definitely definitely do that <coughs> <laughs> you should be you should be yeah that graphics card came out in 2012 so if they can say the minimum requirements are a graphics card that's you know over 10 years old they've hit the baseline for me um but i'm not a fanboy i feel like we're probably at the hour mark do you have any closing thoughts remarks are you dying in your chair i mean i can give you the specific date of when i'm celebrating passover some family <laughs> uh but yeah i'm i'm good i'm spent sounds good well, thank you guys for listening to an extra long edition of Soapstone and for sticking with uh, with us through the technical difficulties that hopefully you know for you never even know about other than this outro. Um, so maybe didn't need to mention those. That's fine. If you have ideas for future episodes, you can feel free to send those in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you could join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always... We'll see you in the next one. Get out of here!